So just yeah. to give you like an idea, so last year's State of the FGC in 2020 was uh, 5,800 words total, completed project. Mm. I am uh, maybe just under halfway with this one, and I'm 4,000 words in. It's going to be a long one then, bro. <laughs> That's a long one. Yeah, it is. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to FGC Hollywood, a fighting game podcast, episode 30. My name is Max Pleiser. And I'm joined as always by Pringle the One. Pringle, my friend, normally asking how are you, but today I just want to say thank you. We're on episode 30, and you're here. A monumental episode that Pringle is here. <laughs> Yo, I made it. Your boy, I made it. <laughs> I came out the cave, I fought the leeches and worms and snakes, and I'm out of it. I'm here. Tell you what, there's, uh, I forget, maybe it was Lozi Mago Negro in the comments. He was just like... Uh, he told me, he's like, hey, Mac, don't jinx it. Don't say anything because every time there's a big episode, <laughs> we get Pringle to two, not Pringle to one. R.P. <laughs> <laughs> Broken, the homie. The homie. But no, we didn't have to call uh, call Pringle to two, a.k.a. Broken Wing from Reserve. We're here. But um, Pringle, last week, we record the show early, right? We record on Friday mm -hmm. because we had some other responsibilities and... Uh, on Saturday, we had our first ever Cash These Hooves tournament, which was technically Cash These Hands number three, but it featured TFH, Them's Fighting Hurts, Ponies. Man, how much fun was that? That was pretty damn funny. You know, I'm thinking of it since you said you said Cash These Hooves. We should that should be its own separate thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, it, like next time we do was like Cash These Hooves two, just for TFH. <laughs> yeah, if I mean, I'm hoping maybe we'll be able to run that. That tourney again, if we get uh, obviously more people who are interested in the game, um, who knows what's, you know, when Strive comes out and KOF 15, we'll see where the interest goes. But uh, that was super fun. Uh, we had a, a crazy turnout as far as the people were watching. Shout outs to the people that uh, hosted us, the stream. Somebody hosted for like 30 people. We capped at 52. Yeah. So uh, I think, in my opinion, uh, it was. You know, I know I'm a shill for for TFH, but I think it was our most successful TFH uh, tournament by far, uh, or rather, most successful Hollywood tournament. Uh, super, super fun. Uh, we had fun on commentary. The people watching had fun. The players had fun, and um, yeah, that's what a tournament should be all about, man. Like I, uh, I really, really enjoyed it. But uh, speaking of tournaments, Combo Breaker is one, and uh, wouldn't it be so fitting, Pringle, that FGC Hollywood gets snubbed by Combreaker. <laughs> How about that? So fitting. I feel like we just don't exist in the world of fighting games for some weird reason sometimes. It's like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like they know we exist, but they don't say it out loud. Because it's like we're the only ones doing like a podcast, really. And you they knew they know your state of FGC stuff does exist and all your other videos. So it's like sometimes I feel like it's like they don't acknowledge our existence. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's quite interesting, I will say. You know, it's the reason why I say it's fitting is because how did Hollywood start? We started because <laughs> we're not a part, right? We're not really a part of the greater FGC. So us getting snubbed is actually like it's <laughs> it's so like on the brand of Hollywood for us, like not not to be a part of that event, which is yeah, uh, which is fine. I'll be honest, like I'm not just saying this just to say it. Even if we did get invited to whatever this is, I don't exactly know what the event by Comic Breaker is. It's a bunch oh, of content yeah. creators 
but um and they're gonna do tournaments and other stuff but um even if they did invite us i uh, do i'm so busy with state of the fgc i wouldn't even be able to commit to to doing mm-hmm. anything like that so uh they're having a thing i don't have a lot of details but i just thought i thought it was funny that one uh, it was put in discord and be like well <laughs> so fitting hollywood gets snubbed by greater fgc it would be like they roll the red carpet in front of us and be like nah you guys can't come in it's like why not is it because of our skin our race what we like who we play nah because you're hollywood mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I did like when you said that you were like even if they roll the red carpet we still walk over the grass <laughs> yeah we still rock we grassroots literally mm-hmm. figuratively rock on the grass all day yeah so that was uh that's pretty funny um Late news that came in today, shout outs to Pagan, was the return of Climax of the Night. You know, we I think we talked about this tournament previously. Mm-hmm. It's all those uh, Type Moon French bread tournaments that or, mm-hmm. or games. So uh, they're coming back. Offline events are trying to come back, right? People are getting vaccinated. So uh, Climax of the Night is happening. It's a two-day event on November 20th to the 21st in Atlanta, Georgia. It's going to be playing... These are all capped at specific numbers, but they're going to play uh, Undernight and Birth, Melty Blood, uh, Dengeki Bunko, and then Gundam, whatever that thing, Maxi Boost On, I think that's what it's called. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Battle Operation? <laughs> Maybe? I don't know, yeah, man. I don't know. But uh, yeah, that's that they're going to be playing those with capped numbers, and then they're welcoming spectators as well, as long as you're vaccinated. So. They'll, they'll bring out uh, more information soon. But if you are in the Atlanta area and you want to play some Melty, November 20th to the 21st is your your destination. Climax of the night. Kind of kind of exciting. We're coming back to yeah. offline. I'm still kind of scared, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Too many people in one place. And, like, they, 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 there's been talks of strains coming in kind of strains and all that type of stuff yeah. but uh if it does work out well it's not a bad idea a date i'd say so since it's so out there it's like six months from now my lot might change from there mm-hmm. but a little bit might but yeah, i mean it, other than that though it, it would be nice to see it on uh, twitch or something i really like i said before i love the fact that those brothers come out for their game oh yeah nothing but laptop games you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. <laughs> these are games that can only be played on your potato ass laptop and they're coming through. I don't know about that Gundam game. It's probably <laughs> the same vein. Out of all of the games, I would think you'd see like Fate Stay Night or something. But no, that might be there, but I don't know. Yeah. Well, you know Ryan Bomber in the comments. He could be like, let me tell you about Gundam. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm not much know. of a Gundam fan. They're, they're cool. I had a friend that like painted them. You know, like there's like uh, Gundam figurines and you can like paint them and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Which yeah. is pretty cool. Mm. But I'm not I'm not too into Gundam. It's all the same. I don't really understand. Yeah, anymore. me neither. I, I do. I don't like robots to be. I, the only robot um, show that I did like was uh, Code Geass. That was cool. Oh, you, I didn't even watch that that much. But I, I do remember there was one thing I liked about one of the Gundams, and it was this guy where he'd be like, I come from the stars. He had some long ass chant, and he'd be like, I'm going to hit you with my shining finger. <laughs> and then he would like put his whole hand in your face and destroy the dude's head. I was like, whoa, 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 fam. That's not a shining finger. That's a shining hand. <laughs> I used to love it, but he the dub was godlike for that though. Shining God. Oh man, I loved it, dude. Other than that, I didn't really care much. I did like the the Chibi Gun show too, but I never I just don't like them very much. Yeah, I was never never really cared for robots. I wasn't even a big like Power Rangers kid. Like I don't mm-hmm. not really my thing. All right. Um 
I don't have Max Show of the Week. I couldn't think of anything. Maybe next week I'll have something. But uh, not this week. But we do have a question. Hollywood question of the week. And this one comes from Mitama on Discord. I had to think about this one a little bit. So he asks, Hollywood is all about keeping a class. You're damn right we are. If you had to make a Mount Rushmore of the four classiest characters in fighting games, who would they be? And then he added FGC Leo, which is the Leonardo DiCaprio emote we have in Discord where he's like <laughs> smugly uh, laughing. I love that one. So I had to think about this one because all I had to, I mean, usually I play classy characters, so it wasn't very difficult to think. So I'll say right off the bat for me, King from King of Fighters, and then probably Lily from Tekken. And then I had to think for two more. I was like, okay, who else is class? I think I can, I think I can fit one. Okay. I need oh, no, like, Oh, my God. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's the exact opposite. Your, your all foreheads would be Magneto. <laughs> uh, uh, Karen from Street Fighter Five. There you go. She's pretty She's, she's pretty classy, classy yeah. yeah. Um, I got a good I one. Know, who you got? Dudley. Oh, that's so true. He does deserve it. He is pretty classy. Mm -hmm. Now, an honorable mention to throw out there, I was going to put him as my number four personally, but uh, Lee Chow Wang from Tekken as well. Oh, yeah. Is he? Yeah, I guess you consider him classy. He's wearing yeah, suits. He's he carries roses. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he sucks, too. No, he's, <laughs> no, he's, he's, I mean, no. he's pretty good, actually. He's just hard to play. Nobody uses him. He's though. just yeah, hard. Yeah, nobody uses him. Y'all don't want to learn how to do back twos, degenerates. <laughs> Yep, yep, yep. Okay. Magneto. <laughs> yeah, Magneto. Magneto will be an honorable mention. With his air grab that grabs you from two TV screens away. <laughs> Satsuki Yumizuka just grab you from oh, full screen. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, no podcast corrections, but we don't need them, Pringle. Not this week. Mm -hmm. Like I said, this is episode 30. I wanted to do something special for episode 30. 30 weeks of recording FGC Hollywood. It's a milestone, and we're going to play Who Am I? Fighting Game Edition. So, oh, yeah. So we have six different, I guess, descriptions here, right? I know who these people are. I'm assuming you do as well. But yeah. I'm going to read the descriptions. And then at the end, I'm going to ask, who is this person? And then you'll have to do your best uh, or give your best guess or give your answer on who it is. And just for the people that are listening, uh, do play along. And if you are listening on the YouTube version of the podcast, let us know what your score was through six uh, questions, or rather six descriptions of Who Am I? So, FGC Hollywood plays Who Am I? And this is Fighting Game Edition. So I'll mm. read you the first one, and let me know if you can detect this. This should be pretty easy. Number mm. one, I used to be known for making sick reads as the people's champ during Street Fighter IV. I took a break from the FGC because I couldn't stand esports. My partner in crime went a little cuckoo, and now I'm known for streaming Dota 2. Who am I? <laughs> My partner in crime went a little cool. <laughs> oh, that's a good one, man. My man, uh, Mike, uh, I blocked that. You did it. Rossington. <laughs> yes, that's that's very much the correct answer. I would have also accepted uh, Miguel Rossington III. That's also uh... <laughs> 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 Mike, I wake up DP and you get hit by it, Ross. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, check this oh, out. <laughs> Ross. <laughs> yeah, I love those names, dude. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you're one for one so far. So here's number two. We only know one fighting game. We find any and every excuse to only talk about said fighting game. When we do talk about other fighting games, it's usually either done in disparaging 
or rather it's done so disparagingly or without any real knowledge of the game. Who are we? Ooh, uh, I must say it starts with an E and ends with an S, Event Hubs. Very nice, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Yo, they, have so, <laughs> they, don't, they don't play nothing, man. Dude, oh, man, their article's too good. <laughs> yes, it's, uh, they leave much to be desired, but so far, two for two. Very nicely done. Mm. So number three, mm. I could put great netcode in fighting games, and I'm somewhat of a fighting game genius. However, I struggle to talk to women, and my own community turned their back on me and sent me to hell via cancel culture. Who am I? <laughs> Mike, Pringle used to play my game, but not anymore because it's not that good, Z. No? <laughs> <laughs> yes, correct. I would also have accepted Mr. Zymont, a.k.a. <laughs> Mr. Cancelled. <laughs> All right, Jesus. All right. Number four. There are many of us, but you won't find any of us hanging around Capcom HQ because at the end of the day, we are just functions in the great words of Combo Fiend. Who are we? Oh, okay. Mm, let me see about this one. You got me with this one. Hmm. There are many of us, but you won't find any of us hanging around Capcom headquarters. So there's two clues to this one. You're not going to mm. find them around anything Capcom, and Combo Fiend called them functions. Ooh. Marvel characters? <laughs> yes, in a way. I was actually referring to X-Men particularly because... Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> X-Men. Yeah, yeah, you're right, dude. R.I.P. Yeah, because they are in... Uh, some Marvel characters are in there, but they took away X-Men, right? Yeah. I forget about that all the time. Yeah. I'll, I'll give you half a point. Because it's technically a correct answer, but it was X-Men. Okay. <laughs> All right. Number five. I used to play Melty Blood on the East Coast, but then I moved to Japan to translate for Daigo Streams. I enjoy rubbing my hands together, and my catchphrase is, All right, what's up, guys? So, who am I? <laughs> <laughs> That's, is that Daigo Explained? Remember? Or, I mean, FGC Explained? <laughs> now that channel is nothing but Daigo Streams, mm -hmm. man. <laughs> No, no. Oh, of course, it's Juna. Um, I would have also accepted Sejam as an answer. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And the final one, number six. I only main Sub-Zero, but I say I don't. I sometimes forge receipts, but when I do, I don't do it very well. I enjoy recording myself sitting in <laughs> gas stations and yelling at the top of my lungs, but I always make sure to sign off by saying, God bless you all. I love you very much. Who am I? <laughs> Oh, man, I don't remember his name. This is like a trivia from our last couple podcasts in the past, man. I was going to say, is his name Chris? Is that it? No, it is MK Tom oh. Brady. MK Tom. There we go. That <laughs> man. <laughs> I remember that video. It's funny though. He was like, God bless you all. I love you very much. I hate Sub-Zero. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a classic uh, FGC video for the new people who have not seen it. It's a... Uh... It's a great watch every now and again. I like going back to that video. It's a part of uh, FGC Grassroots. So, uh, yeah, Pringle, you did pretty good. I, I would give you um, five out of six. That's that's a passing score. Uh, <laughs> for for people that uh, listen to this and, and kind of counted their own uh, tally, let us know in the comments on the video version. How do you guys do? All right, now we can get to uh, our normal routine. We got fighting game news. I believe we have a few items here. The first one is particularly close and personal to me. Pringle, this, mm. might, this might be happening. Mm. So on April 30th, 
2021, website Persona Central reported that multiple domains have been renewed by Atlas, one in particular that points towards a possibility of a Persona 5 themed fighting game. There were multiple domains that Persona Central reported on back in 2017 and 2018, which uh, somehow already came to existence through several games, those being P3D, .jp, p5d.jp, p5r.jp, and lastly p5s.jp. Of course, those registered domains turned out to be Persona 3 Dancing, Persona 5 Dancing, Persona 5 Royal, and most recently Persona 5 Strikers. The renewed 2017 domain p5u.jp is good through April 2022, and it is most likely to be a continuation of the Persona-inspired fighting game collaboration between Atlas and Arc System Works, the Persona Arena series. The two previous games, Persona 4 Arena and Persona 4 Arena Ultimax, dubbed P4U and P4U2 in Japan, came out in North America in the summer of 2012 and the fall of 2014, respectively. It is to be seen if we get any more news regarding this new renewed trademark, as well as if Arc System Works will return as a developer of the title if it is in fact being worked on. Now, an interesting fact here, uh, Atlas will be celebrating the 25th anniversary of the Persona franchise this upcoming September, and they have teased in the past that they have exciting plans for that occasion. So this is uh, kind of interesting because do you remember when, I believe it was in October of 2020, we both reported about the uh, the Melty Blood trademark and how that turned out mm. to eventually be true. Now we got Type Lumina here. I am mm. I'm really holding out hope that this will be will follow the same suit. Where you know, mm. obviously we're reporting this now in May of 2021, but who knows? Maybe you know, six months down the road, this could legit be a thing. We, I think we both really would like this game. I personally would mm. would obviously enjoy Persona 4 Arena Ultimax 3 more because I, I enjoy those characters a lot more. But as a fine consolation prize, I'll take anything Persona Arena related. So if it's Persona 5 Arena and it plays the same, you know, functions at the end of the day, although Narukami's the god. But, you know, Arxis. So I wonder if they're perhaps spreading themselves too thin if this is true. They currently are working on Guilty Gear Strive, Grand Blue Fantasy Versus, the upcoming DNF duel, which a lot of people keep forgetting about, and possibly a prolonged future for Dragon Ball Fighters. Now, as of May of 2021, Arc System Works has 164 people staffed in their studio. I wonder how many of those people are sent to all these different projects because that's a lot of games, man. I mean, and then you insert Persona 5 Arena in there. One of these projects is probably going to have to stop development. It Maybe it's Dragon Ball already since they finished Season 3. Could be mm-hmm. Grand Blue Fantasy since they're pretty close to fin- finishing Season 2. But you know Strive and DNF Duel are not taking any breaks. They're going to keep on going. So where does Persona 5 Arena fit here in Arc System Works if they are in fact doing this, which I'm assuming... They are because it would be weird if Atlas all of a sudden decided to be like, hey, thanks for Arena and thanks for Ultimax, but we're going to go to this developer to do Persona 5 Arena. That that wouldn't make sense to me. So mm-hmm. it's really going to be interesting to see what the the development of, of this thing or, and how it plays out if this is in fact true. But uh, let's just think, you know, this is true. What Your level of excitement for a potential Persona 5 arena game where, where do you rank it one to ten Whew. 
Ooh, man, it would be probably 10, no, well, nine, but it depends on what we hear from more of it. Like, are they going to add? I feel like they are going to add the Persona 3 characters because there's some that I do like in there. I think that for, well, for the context of the games currently worked on, Guilty Gear Strive, well, for, for one, they'll be able to finally release it. So then I guess they will be working on it, but it'll probably be like updates and quality control. Season 1 pass as well. Yeah, that's true too. They might be able to stretch off some people. Grand Blue is like feels like all they do is quality control and like season passes at this point. One more character left for Grand Blue's second season pass. Ah, oh, yeah, they might make another one pretty soon. They gonna make another one as soon as they finish the second one, probably. <laughs> and uh, since we haven't heard much about DNF, who knows? And that might get worked on. We did see some footage, but that might be. Because, you know, I just realized something, man. I realized that we saw the Strive trailer in 2019 Evo, man. I was like, damn, it's been like two years since we, they talked about that game. And they had to delay it, like, what, like twice, I think? One, because I believe they, so they delayed it outside of the 2020 window, which it was initially supposed to come out in. And then they delayed <laughs> it again because of, they were, they wanted to fix certain things. So from April yeah. to June. Yeah, and that makes sense, you know. Mm-hmm. So it, you know, it took a while for us to even see a release date. <clears throat> it might be the case with DNF Duel. It might be a while before we even see anything close coming soon. But it would be really cool to see a Persona Five come by if if it has all the right fixings, like the functions, and it's got to have you know the things we need in a fighting game that should be in a fighting game nowadays. If it's got that stuff, then we're good to go, and there's like no problems. Even if they don't have all the characters, it should be fine. But I think they might put in the characters from the three and four because they did do the Persona Three dancing and the Persona Five, so it did garner some interest in the uh, the fan base. And it would only really help them more if they added more of those characters. But who knows? I don't. That might be too much money or something like that. I don't know. I think obviously it would make a lot of sense. So because if it, let's say it's called Persona 5 Arena, that's fine. I think Persona 5 would have less characters than Persona 4. And Persona 4 Arena came out with 13 characters. And that was a mix of 3 and 4 together. So 5 alone doesn't have just the numbers as far as like the roster slots. They don't mm. have enough people to just make it exclusive to just persona five themed i would assume they would probably have to add some fan favorites of three and four in there and then call it like whatever like it's uh, some sort of combined universe like i mean they've done it before with with the arena games previously so they they could definitely make it work um i wonder if they would give you some of the staples like obviously narukami and uh, you know perhaps chie but then the other characters that aren't as popular but are still are well-known, like Shominazuki and, uh, you know, who knows, some of these other characters that are in um, in the Persona games, they, they would give you them as DLC. So especially if it's run in the mm-hmm. same engine as the previous two games, I think making those that transition should be pretty seamless unless they're moving to something else. But uh, I wouldn't mind a new Persona game in that same engine, same type of style, with just Persona 5 characters. And then a little bit of innovation, like right? Like hopefully they learn their lessons from 2.0 with, with Persona 4 Arena Ultimax, you know, shadow characters. Mm-hmm. They kind of dominated the game. Let's not do oh, that yeah. again. And yeah. just give us the options that we had previously. And dude, this is, to be honest with you, like if there's an example of 
if it ain't broke, don't fix it. It's in my opinion, it's the it's Persona 4 Arena Ultimax 1.1. That was mm. as good of a fighting game, in my opinion, that Arxis has made in a long time. And all they would have to do is just add characters, just modernize it for the era. But you wouldn't have to do too much with it to make it good. It's already good. You just have to not break it. <laughs> That's pretty much all they got to do. Now that Arxis has, a, a, hopefully, a better understanding of rollback netcode and, you know, hopefully PC porting because they've done it with BlazBlue. If this mm-hmm. is in the works, I hope that they just do it right. Like, I don't think you have to reinvent the wheel here. You just have to be able to put this out the right way. And we're going to have a hell of a game. Yeah, seriously. All they really have to do is toss whatever the hell the net code they use on Strive and put it on every <coughs> every goddamn game afterwards. Like, every game could just go on Strive's net code. Whatever they did with that net code, just put it on everything, and it wouldn't have that much of an issue with the game anymore. Mm-hmm. Yep, that is definitely something they got to look at. And uh, they did mm-hmm. talk about it during the New Game Plus Expo that they're looking into implementing more of the their older catalog especially their blaze blue games and and giving them the 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 guilty gear strive treatment really yep. is that what they said they might they said that they're looking at the options but they've heard you know the the community especially the blaze blue side that they want yeah, rollback they netcode yeah. <laughs> that that would be nice yeah because central fiction should have that netcode at least or something i haven't played much of the older ones but I know that people usually say the older ones are more of their favorite as opposed to Central Fiction. Even the older ones got plenty of characters. So like, yeah, they're, yeah, they're, they're. I know they're exploring it. Uh, I believe the uh, the host for the New Game Plus Expo asked uh, Katano. He's like, well, you know, you have Central Fiction, and you have Chrono Phantasma, and also you have uh, Blaze Blue Cross Tag Battle. And then Katano stopped him. He's like, oh no, no, we didn't make that game. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny as that. Like, oh, that's not us. That's not us. That's messed up, dude. That's funny as that. Who made that game, bro? Nah, I'm, I'm kidding. It's it's obviously uh, Arxis. It's Mori, right? Oh, I was gonna say. Mori made it. It wasn't. Uh, uh, yeah. I mean, Katano might had some some input there, but uh, yeah, it was uh, good old Arxis. Mm-hmm. Alrighty. Um, Pringle, we talk about this every week. Last week was kind of a weird one. It was Chris, and that was, uh, you know, he was an interesting character. This week, they double up on us. So, Art of Fighting, but with a twist. So, on April 27, 2021, SNK returned and treated us to a double character trailer for the upcoming KOF 15, and in the process, completed yet another team, that being Team Art of Fighting. The trailer showcased... Art of Fighting staples Ryo Sakazaki and Robert Garcia, and while it featured many other legacy moves, the trailer specifically honed in on the new blowback mechanic, which seemed to be usable both on block and on whiff. At the end of the trailer, in somewhat of a surprising fashion, the previously shown king was inserted as part team Art of Fighting, along with the aforementioned gentleman. Now, just to note, there was no real indication as to why SNK chose to feature two characters in one trailer this week as opposed to its uh, usual single character trailer, but perhaps it has something to do with making up for the week in which Hibiki Takane debuted for Samurai Showdown. Now, I gotta say, um, 
it's like, it's like <laughs> I'm giving a eulogy right now. So that was bad. I I don't know how else to say this. Uh, I watched the trailer multiple times. It's so weird with with um, and we have a question about this later. But uh, it's so weird with mm-hmm. with these trailers with S and K. They go hot and cold, and you really don't know what you're gonna get every week. You're just like, oh, that was really good, Shermy. Ooh, that was really bad. You know, whoever. I mean, could be Shune or it could be like, in my opinion, Yuri. I don't know. Mm. That, it's weird, but I have some notes here. So I think this is the worst trailer animation wise yet like really really bad so the gameplay seemed rushed uh it didn't really show off much either like as far as like their offense it didn't show off much the blowback was cool but i don't think it was shown off appropriately the way they used it was kind of sloppy i mean there are a couple points there where like he used the blowback and then he countered but it just looked funky like i just i thought it it also looks a little incomplete so it wasn't a good mm-hmm. showcase for the blowback. Robert looks cool, you know, somewhat decent. Uh, Rio needs a lot of work, in my opinion. Like, he is... <laughs> he, he, his moves remind me of a bootlegged Akuma, man. <laughs> Dude, he's... First of all, where's his neck? <laughs> Second of all, <laughs> what was that run animation? That was... It looked weird. It looked bad. I don't know what to say. Like, a, overall... He just was like stiff, like he couldn't get. Oh anything. man, I see the run anime. I didn't even pay much. Oh my god, he looks like <laughs> he looked like he's running ten frames per second. Dude, it's bad. It's bad. Yo, yo, it's like a lumbering giant running man. Uh, Jesus Christ! And the the worst part is that when he gets hit by Robert, his body just flops all over the place. He's like, it's yeah. <laughs> I didn't even pay much attention. I was washing dishes when I saw it, and I was like, "Yo, two characters that's pretty dope." Dude. That's all I said. Yeah, <laughs> dude, the dishes animate better than <laughs> than Rio. <laughs> it, it was this is by far, in my opinion, this was the worst. It wasn't good. Um, another note, like no max supers were shown. They were cut off short for both. Uh, Robert's level one, I think, uh, doesn't look good. It, it needs work. Like he just flops his kicks, his leg all over the place. Um, it's just <laughs> yeah, it's like a, it's like a little bit like Mortal Kombat with yeah. some of that animation, man. Yeah, it unfinished uh, needs polish. I I'm not trying to be like you know so negative on this, but it's just from what I saw. Like I'm not you know, and this is coming from somebody who called this game potential best fighting game of the year in 2021 back when we did our 2021 predictions and in, in January. So you know I, I'm being harsh because it's the truth now. The other note here is King being on a team is definitely interesting. So King is traditionally the leader of teams, uh, or rather of team women's fighter, right? So it's not extremely uncommon for her to be on team art of fighting. She was on it both in uh, KOF 2000 and KOF 11. Um, So this perhaps could open a door for another female to join women's fighter. Strong candidates could be Kasumi, Alice, Hinako, your favorite, uh, May Lee, you know, the wild cards I think are B Janet and uh, Lee Shang Fei. So those could be possibilities. I do think that uh, probably Kasumi and Hinako, or maybe Alice, I think those three are the top like selections, unless they throw in a wild card in there. But dude, if, if we get B Janet, oh my god, that would be so sick! Like, <laughs> <she comes back. laughs> yeah. Um, before we get to Jam's question here, though, well, 
I gave you my takes on this trailer. What What do you think overall after? Man, now hold up. Let me. I don't even know who B Jen is. Now. Oh yeah, I think I've seen her. She's isn't she pirate. in um? Isn't she in another game? She's though? in Garo, uh, Mark of the Wolves. Yeah, yeah, I seen her in Garo. Yep, yep, yep. I remember her. Okay. Um, but yeah, man. Uh, you know, looking at it now, that you mentioned all that. Now it's like I can't unlook at it, and you made it ugly for me. (laughs) It was ugly in the first place. I didn't make it ugly. (laughs) You ruined it for me. (laughs) You showed its imperfections. I took you out of the matrix. (laughs) (laughs) What was it? The red pill? Mm, I think so. I don't know. (laughs) Red pill, bro. But uh, not looking at it now, though. Like honestly, it does look. I don't know what it is, but like I was watching um, this dude talk about like um, 3D platformers, mm-hmm. and he was like, you know what? I missed like now it's like A, the AAA studios and indie games. What happened to the B studio? SNK makes me feel like it's a B studio of like fighting games. You know what I mean? Like I, like all the 3D stuff lately always just feels like it's like they kind of got the budget, but they they missing like a hundred grand or something like that yeah. to really get that polish in because like looking at it and it's like it's not like mortal kombat where it's intentionally trying to look like booty but like it feels like it just isn't there and i don't know what it is like it just doesn't it doesn't seem complete like the the, the uh the hit sparks i still hate them like oh my god they remind me of mighty number no. nine man they didn't <laughs> look good especially in this trailer they didn't look good yeah who are they doing who's making those hit sparks bruh like god damn you could ms paint better ones man <laughs> yeah it's it's really rough i will say to their credit you know you said they look like a b studio this is definitely evidence of this but yeah. when they get it right they get it right like i oh, yeah i said it before like i think my looks great i love the way she looks in this game uh the way that right. Shermie animates is spectacular like that's not even yeah. it doesn't seem like the same game like uh, the how do you have Shermie look so fluid and this looks so stiff. Like, I just don't know how you can get night and day like this. from. And they're, like, a few weeks apart. Like, it's just so crazy to me. Like, I I don't know what happened with this trailer. But uh, whatever it is, they need to look at it again and, and fix it. Because it's just not good. <laughs> yeah, man. I remember Iori looked really dope, too. Uh, Terry was dope. But, yeah, I don't understand. Like, something with the hit sparks and the animations when it, when it gets popped. Like when people get hit and the blowback, all this stuff is just like it's so like um it's so cheaply made, and I don't understand where where the assets going. It seems very odd. I don't. It's really weird. Like I definitely like you know I'm a function guy, so it could look like ass on paper, but like it still is like it's like it feels like it's not going all the way in. It feels like it's half assing me, and I hate that more than ugly graphics, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I. It did. It looked like severely lacking a polish, but mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. Jam has a question here on Patreon, and he asks, uh, "Are you still as hyped for KOF 15 now compared to as you were when character trailers first started dropping roughly three and a half months ago?" I'll say yes. I mean, as hype, no, because you know how it is. Like the more you get us something, the less you're excited for it because it's um. You know, you're you're used to it. So maybe if they took it away for a few weeks and then gave me something, my hype levels would increase um, just because I'm not accustomed to it now or I'm not expecting it. So that's mm-hmm. that's one factor. As far as the game itself, yes, I am still hyped because I'm, I'm very much interested in this game. But 
I can concede that it has issues. It has problems, and I hope they are able to correct them, hopefully before launch. I won't be happy if it looks like this and the gameplay doesn't turn out to be what I want it to be. Like, that would be a complete heartbreak. But uh-huh. you know me, like, as long as the gameplay is good, I can pretty much concede everything else. Like, outside of netcode and gameplay, like, I don't care if the game has a giant roster or if the game looks like, you know, just complete garbage. I can put up with a lot. If you have those two things personally for me, um, I'm okay with it. Now, from what I've seen of KOF 15, I'm still very much excited to play it. But to say that it hasn't, you know, stumbled with some of these character trailers, you know, Shunei, you know, Andy doesn't look great. Uh, I mean, he looked okay, but um, we're talking, there's so many examples now, right? Like, whether it's Joe's mm-hmm. Joe's Cyclone or and or uh, rather uh, Terry's Hit Sparks or whatever the hell is Yuri's face or you know <laughs> you know like th- there's so many things that we can point to and now this I mean I don't know what why Rio is flopping around in the air like that when he gets hit but it has to be corrected and if it's not he just want to be in the air bro <laughs> oh, Jesus. He's, he's he gets he gets some hang time but <laughs> it should look like that oh man yeah oh dude i am still excited but it's definitely reserved excitement like i want to explode but i i can't just yet i agree man yeah i mean i'm pretty hyped for it man uh i just want something new too though so like i'm pretty hyped for it and it could look ugly i mean we're playing games with ponies in it, bro. I'm I'm ready for anything at this point, bro. I am ready. <laughs> so so if I could get humans in a fighting game, I think I'd be down for that. Um, but what's funny is the ponies look so much better than KO 15. So like Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I KO 15 also like a part of me just feels like it doesn't have much of like a kind of like a art style personally for me which i wish it had more kind of like sam show sam show had a serious art style i mean the everything on there is good looking graphic wise which it confuses me because it's like why don't they just like use the people that they did work in sam show or something because like if you look at sam show that game looks hella clean mm-hmm. hit sparks attack all the stuff animations all of it looks really freaking good but KOF is over here looking like the ugly child <laughs> that got left behind on the bus on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah, I mean I'm pretty hyped for it. I mean, I mean more so than before. And if even if Anako drops drops, I'd be really sick. So I'm pretty hyped for it. And like, even though the characters didn't look so good, like it's so weird when Robert like does the kick moves, like and they just like they don't even animate any of it. They didn't even <laughs> like they just skip all of these frames of animation mm-hmm. on this dude's moves, and I don't understand why they do that, but I mean, it's cool that we got two characters to be shown for. That means they're willing to show more. I almost thought for a second that they showed two characters because they're like, yo, the day that we're going to release this game is coming up, so we got to kind of speed up the process. But it's pretty cool nonetheless. Yeah, could could definitely be a factor. I'm assuming maybe it was because of Hibiki, but uh, yeah, mm-hmm. who knows what's, what's going on. Maybe they're expecting the game to be out, or maybe they just wanted to really to complete Team Art of Fighting. Who knows? Mm-hmm. You're only as good as your last appearance. And right now, this is not a good appearance. But who knows? Maybe next week, we'll get Hinako and she animates like Shermie. And then everybody's like, yay, KOF 15 is back on top. So, <laughs> I mean, it'll be fine for me. Everybody else can look like doo-doo butt cheese mm-hmm. after that. 
<laughs> they just functions in my head. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see. I mean, as we cover this game every single week, and I know that SNK they listen to feedback. I just hope the community is not so starved for something new that they ignore critical thinking. That they're like they're not holding SNK's feet to the fire and be like, "Hey, we are really excited for King of Fighters 15. We want to play this game, but." This ain't right. So I found a really funny YouTube comment. And then, <laughs> like, yeah, 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 here it is. Finally, the nerf Rio needed removing his neck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is pretty funny. Oh, man. Dude, that's funny as hell, dude. So that was SNK. Now we move over to uh, your former mistress. So I hope, hopefully you can educate me a bit on this because I, I don't, I'm not a huge uh, Skullgirls guy, but here comes Umbrella. <laughs> so on May 6, 2021, Skullgirls revealed its second character for its season pass, that being Umbrella. The teaser trailer just showed Umbrella and some of her idol poses with the tagline that she is set to come sometime in 2021 to both Skullgirls, second encore, and mobile. No other information is known at this time. Now, a little information that I gathered regarding Umbrella is that she is Parasol's younger sister. Her age ranges between, or rather around uh, 10 to 11 years old. She uses a living weapon by the name of Hungern, I think. And that her mother was the previous Skullgirl seven years prior to the story. So, I don't know much about uh, Skullgirl's lore. Did you know who Umbrella was before this announcement? Bro, you educated me right now. Oh, sure. <laughs> I don't know nothing about these characters, man. I know little to nothing with lore, to be honest. I care so little about lore, man. You never I played the like story it. mode? You have, like, so many hours of Skullgirls. I played the story mode, and I got bored, as per usual. I played the story mode. I think I played Fuqua's or Philia's or something, and then I just beat it, and then I never looked back. Damn. Or maybe Peacock's, too. Peacock's is kind of funny, but, like, yeah, I do know about her her little sister, and uh, I know that she likes ice cream, and I only mm-hmm. know that because people said that in the trailer. So I didn't just never, <laughs> I didn't know that before. <laughs> I don't know nothing about these characters, man. I'll be real with you. Outside of like the Skull Girls and like the Skull Heart controls these parasitic chicks, and then they have parasites in their weapons or hair or some crap like that. Okay. I don't know, man. I don't pay much attention to it. I think it's pretty cool though, but it also made me think of. Uh, of Nanako, man. You remember you you have you ever read about like Persona 4 and why Nanako isn't in the game? Yeah, people wanted her in the arena and like you're like was it the director that said they're like we don't want to beat up little girls. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, they down with that over there. Mm. <laughs> they're like, yeah, let's put a brother. We want to beat up little girls. <laughs> Cause I remember that the uh the director did mention that. Cause like someone said, "Yo, no Nanako," and then I and then posted, and I was like, "Oh, that's why he he doesn't want to show Nanako getting beat, man. He like Nanako." Yeah, <laughs> it, it would have made more but, sense uh, if maybe they put Dojima in the game and Nanako kind of assists yeah. him. So you hit Dojima and you can't hit Nanako. That if you teamed them together, it would have made sense. That would have been perfect. Yeah, man. Or uh, he, yeah, she just pops in or something like kind of like a uh, Phoenix Wright in Marvel. But uh, nah, I don't really. I think that's pretty cool that they're getting. Uh, the character, I don't know. It's gonna. I'm not gonna buy it probably. I mean, not, not for that. Price. I'm not gonna spend. Not for that price. Yeah, man. I'm not gonna buy anything probably at this point. I, like, not even that sale that they had recently was enough for me. I was like, damn, son, that's a sale. <laughs> not but, much of it. Yeah, no. that's fine. <laughs> right. No price drops, man. I I forgot. I was talking to JJ and I think it was Org, and I was talking about how like I don't like how Steam doesn't really have price drops. They really go off sales. So some games just never really go down in price. 
sales are really great, but like it almost feels like a buzzword as opposed to a price drop where the game actually goes down in value so you can buy it. Mm-hmm. And then when a sale drops, then it really is worth buying. Because some games, like for instance, KOF 14, that joint is still like 60 bucks. Yeah. But for some reason, there's been like no price drop. Even MVCI is like $60 and it's like a sale you have to get it on. It's like, why wouldn't there be a price drop at this point? It's because they have to sell it because nobody's buying that crap. So it's like if they don't make anything out of it, geez. Did you see, uh, <laughs> I forgot, I think it might have been JJ in the Discord where he said uh, they got rid of Mike Z so they could inflate the game price. He held them back. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it feels like because that price, I've, I've never seen it that expensive, honestly. I bought second Encore for $7. Um yeah. So Skullgirls plus, or, uh, no, I bought it on Fanatical, but it, it was, um, yeah. I bought Skullgirls and Second Encore for, for $6.99. And right now, if you want to buy it on Steam, Second Encore is $9.99, so it's 10 bucks. And then if you want yeah. the season pass, it's $35, but right now they're having that quote unquote sale at, down to 30 Like so for right now, Skullgirls is a full $25 game. But they have it at sixty percent down, and then like if you do it with the season pass, normally it would be a total of sixty dollars, uh, and then it's on a forty percent discount, which is pretty high. So it's like thirty five right now. Wait, the the base game is twenty five bucks. Yeah. Well, no, no, never mind. It's Skullgirls Second Encore. Wait, but it's Second Encore. That's the base game because yeah, yeah. they got rid of Skullgirls. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's the base game is a solid twenty five dollars, twenty four ninety nine. <sighs> Jesus Christ. So now you have it so that the season pass, what would it be like 20? Like what I'm looking at, like, so what would it be $35 for the season pass? Yep. If there was no discount, mm-hmm. it's expensive, man. For like what, like four or five characters, man, that's a lot of money. They bro. got their pricing model from Grand Blue. <laughs> I know, right? Jesus Christ. I think Grand Blue is cheaper though, right? I, I think it is. Uh, no, in the long run, Skullgirls is, is cheaper. It's cheaper yeah, of course. But the the season pass for season two is uh the same as grand blue but grand blue gives you more characters at least so there's that yeah yeah exactly you're right there um but yeah that's pretty expensive so when y'all talked about that price i was like god damn mm. man good laugh. good thing i bought it when it was cheap because i can't even say it's dirt it's cheaper than a bag of dirt no more yeah it's <laughs> expensive dirt now yeah <laughs> it's that high quality yeah. fertilizer bro. <laughs> yeah. oh man Okay, uh, Pringle, we got Fighting Game Topic of the Week, and uh, this is kind of interesting. It's not directly tied to fighting games, but we can spin it to fighting games. So mm. it's a, a closer look at the crossplay. So on May 3rd, 2021, a website The Verge reported on some of the confidential documents that were revealed as part of the Epic Games versus Apple case. It's an ongoing saga revolving around in-app purchasing methods between Epic and Apple. Now... The documents revealed had to do with the communication between Epic Games and Sony in regards to crossplay for Epic Games' immensely popular title, Fortnite. Now, it is no secret that Sony held back PS4 crossplay for years as they initially blocked that functionality for both Rocket League and Minecraft, despite Nintendo and Microsoft both enabling players to play across Xbox One and Switch. However, Sony's stance on the matter really blew up when they blocked Fortnite crossplay in 2018. And as of the release of these documents, it, give us, it gives us a good indicator as to why cross-platform play with Sony is a rare sight to behold. 
in that email, uh, Epic Games really tried to like coax uh, Sony to playing ball, right? So they they were offering them offering them like PlayStation Plus exclusives, like launch VR titles, um, E3 branding partnerships, uh, everything, and Sony refused. And that email from Epic was just like, "Here at Epic Games, we get what we want. Like, there's not a scenario where we don't get what we want because we're like Fortnite is the biggest game on PlayStation. Like, it read so smuggy, but." So, you know, it's funny because Epic Games was expecting to get a yes for crossplay and Sony was just like, no. <laughs> like, have you ever seen that Bugs Bunny gif where he's like, no. <laughs> That's what Sony Love did. That one. So uh, they, Sony refused, right? But then they returned in 2019 with a document titled Cross-Platform Revenue Share. So check this out. This document requir- requires any partner in cross-platform play with Sony to compensate Sony in case of a monthly revenue deficit, which is exactly what ended up being the case with Epic Games and Fortnite. Now, it's a little difficult to understand, so it seemed like if Sony makes any or loses any sort of profit up to a certain point, Epic Games would then be responsible and they would be they would need to compensate Sony for that revenue lost. For example, if somebody plays a lot of Fortnite on PS4, but then buys whatever, all these packs or customizations on the Apple store. And then Sony loses out on that on that uh, revenue because of the crossplay. So the Epic would have to pay that share. So Epic Games CEO Tim Sweeney confirmed in a testimony that Sony is the only platform holder that requires this compensation for crossplay. Now, Sweeney then revealed that Epic had agreed to pay these additional fees to Sony in order to enable crossplay in Fortnite. So, that is insane, in my opinion, the fact that Sony is so scummy. I mean, listen, Epic is no angel, right? Like, they're they're scummy within their own right. But, um, it kind of clears things up a little bit more as far as why crossplay is so difficult. So I wrote some notes here, but I guess actually before we get to my notes, uh, what's your reaction to all this? Did, did, are you surprised that like Sony is such a a big proponent of anti crossplay? Uh, nah, man. I think they do. I think Sony's been wanting to kind of keep themselves away from other companies. Honestly, it feels like it sometimes. It's basically about money. Like, yep. greed. <laughs> all it's about. It's one of those. So it's basically like they're saying that, um, layman's terms, like you're using the PS4, but then you make the purchases on the iPhone, which is like the Apple Store, and then they wouldn't get some of the interest or whatever that you they would get if you purchase it through the PlayStation Store, right? Yeah, yeah, it's pretty much greed, man. Like <laughs> it's pretty much money, and they want to make sure they get every dollar. It really is just greed at the end of the day. They just want their money, man. It's grimy. It's. Yeah. And the only reason why Sony conceded in 2019 is because of the fact that Fortnite is a giant game. It's the largest game on PlayStation right now. It And it got such a severe backlash from Fortnite players in that community. The fact that there is no crossplay. Meanwhile, you have all these other platforms playing ball, but Sony refuses to. And it's the only reason why Sony decided to go ahead with this. And even when they did go ahead with this, they have this document that says you pay us if we lose revenue which is you know still that's grimy yeah that's hella grimy bro (laughs) like that's so grimy Uh, so this is how it comes to my notes here so traditionally crossplay is something that the underdog in the console wars pushes for so just speaking to microsoft they weren't big on 
doing crossplay during the seventh console generation because Xbox 360 was beating the PlayStation 3. So, mm. and then in reverse that, you go to the eighth console generation with PS4 and Xbox One, Sony completely destroyed Microsoft and, and that generation, and they weren't big on doing crossplay because why would the the person on top want to extend an olive branch to the person that's losing the console war? So it's normally an mm-hmm. underdog move. So Sony requiring payment is such a huge gatekeeper, and this is how it translates to fighting games. So I understand this could be possible for a game like Fortnite that has that sort of leverage where it's like, we'll make enough money to be able to pay Sony because how successful Fortnite is fighting games can't afford to do that. So uh, from what I I was thinking about is perhaps a way to maybe circumvent this would be the way street fighter five has handled it. So not using the PlayStation store like the playstation network uh for matchmaking instead they use like their own proprietary network like the cfn for capcom and street fighter 5 i wonder if that could be a way to kind of circumvent this whole thing but then who knows how it works with in-app purchases or rather dlc and all that so it's it's a little complicated and also because we don't have every single document that came out of this court case we're missing some Mm -hmm. information so who knows if that the cross-platform share document is still up to date, if they're still doing it, I'm not sure. We don't have all the details, but this is, we're just going off of what we have. The, the biggest question here, though, is I'm not entirely sure how the smaller fighting game titles are able to get cross-play going. You think about Battle for the Grid. So Battle for the Grid, Power Rangers, that is, they have cross-play through all five. Stadia, Xbox One, Switch... PlayStation and PC. So I don't know how they're doing it. And are they paying Sony? I'm not sure. Fantasy Strike, the same thing. I don't believe they're on Stadia, but I think they have crossplay between three platforms. And uh, there's no way that they're making enough money to pay Sony because those are really tiny games. They, I mean, if you look at their numbers across all those platforms, it's not like they're doing gangbusters. Certainly not anything close to Fortnite. So I wonder how they're treating those or how rather Sony's treating the relationship for crossplay with those smaller games. And the last thing here, it's, it definitely would make sense that crossplay might be a tougher hill to climb for fighting game devs than rollback was. And you know how long it took us to get rollback and it, we're still not completely invested in rollback. If you look about, (laughs) we still ain't got no, but crossplay might be more difficult to to achieve because of the fact that these first part, party publishers and console manufacturers might not play ball if they're already selling well. So, man, it's uh, it's super messy. It's super greedy, greedy. It's super gross, <laughs> and uh, it makes it so difficult for fighting game players to just play good netcode against their buddies on different uh, different platforms. Dude, I, I, you know, so I had this thought too. Maybe with the smaller games, and one of the reasons why Sony was like, "Yo, if you wanna, if Fortnite gotta get it," because maybe because Fortnite is so big yeah. that it's like that pie is pretty damn big, that the piece of pie. But like Power Rangers and Fantasy Strike, man, that pie is small. I don't, we don't really care about that. They, they can kind of do whatever they want because the the money coming back probably ain't worth bothering with. Personally, man, as much as that crossplay would be great, I'm not really fretting about that, man. I, I like I like it, but I don't care about crossplay. I'll be, mm. I'll be real with you. I want rollback, man. I want good ass netcode. 
I got no problem buying your console. I already probably got it. As long as I ain't got, I got no PS5, I ain't buying that crap. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I'm not too worried too much about crossplay, but it would be nice to be able to not have to, you know, be able to just play everything on the PC would be godlike. But I don't see that happening in the foreseeable future yet. Yeah, me neither. I personally also don't think that crossplay. It's big. Don't get me wrong. Like it's important. It's big. I do think fighting games would definitely would do uh, would do well if they had it, and they would reap the rewards of getting more possibility of of matchmaking uh, with with other people. It really helps with yeah. a smaller game, to be honest, that doesn't have a big community. Like I know I match up with a lot of people on different platforms on Fantasy Strike because there's not a lot of people to play it. So opening, you know, the the opportunity for matching with Xbox or PlayStation or whoever does help. But if you have somewhat of a solid community, take an example like TFH. On mm-hmm. you know, on in any given hour, if you get on TFH, there's maybe about, you know, 40 to 70 players on Steam. It's not a lot, but you'll be able to find one of those people to play some matches and then you know that the rollback will carry you from there. So I do think that as long as you can find a couple people, you don't need crossplay for that. But if you can get that person, you do need, you do need rollback because odds are he might not live an hour from you. He could live, you know, 20 hours from you. So rollback is definitely, I think, more important. But crossplay is like the cherry on top. Yeah, and I would also uh, say that it's it's tough, I think, with crossplay when you have Sony that doesn't even drop their some of their games, especially fighting games, onto the Xbox or Microsoft. Mm-hmm. And then you don't have them sometimes not even drop it on PC. So, like, it's already, like, crossplay is nice. Maybe it's also a discussion to have in the beginning as opposed to later down the line. Like, oh, let's make crossplay, let's make our game crossplay, and that's, like, a big focus in the beginning. That might have been that might have been the focus with Fantasy Strike, Fantasy Strike, uh, Power Rangers, Stri- uh, Street Fighter. But Street Fighter had the CFN, so they may have it may have been a developer thing they managed to figure yeah. out. Yo, one thing I do like, and I know this is this is off, but you know what got crossplay, man? It's Final Fantasy fourteen. Oh my god! <laughs> Yo, that joint got crossplay on PC and PS4, and you can like what's great with your PS4 is that you could literally stick any almost like any keyboard into the PS4, and it'll work. So that's the FGC retirement home. Yeah, it, it is. Man. That's why they all went there because they're like, wait a minute, I can play this on my PS4 and on my PC. Yeah. And I think it's also like crossplay with some other stuff in there. Yeah, I see you guys on Final Fantasy 14, the the retirement home. I, th- I know the, yeah. there's Big Sword for sure, and uh, in the Discord that is, and then Zio recently played. First of all, Zio keeps ragging on me. He's like. He, he, we were in uh we were in the the fight channel on Discord because we're playing ponies and we're talking, and then Zio shows up with his smuggy green name, and he's like, "Wow, look at the look at the great FGC. They got two thousand two would roll back plus R would roll back, but here they are playing ponies." And I was like, first of all, you don't even play any fighting games. You're playing WoW. You're playing Final Fantasy fourteen. You're ragging on me. How dare you? Yo, one man said he played wild and he was like, I'm not going back. And he went right back to Final Fantasy Four. Because wild, wild, like classic wild is such a time sink. It's like, nah, I'm not down with that. Mm-hmm. This man I played fighting games. Wait, didn't he not make it for the tournament too? He didn't even wake up for ponies. Oh man, this man don't even like ponies. What fighting games does he was just waiting for strive? And then it might not even be as good as he hoped it is or something. That'd be funny. Nah, he'll he'll show for strive forever and then he'll play KOF uh, 15 but yeah he's 
He's playing MMOs. Uh, all of you guys, are, the retirement home, <laughs> you guys are playing MMOs. You, you've been on that maple. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, like, so like, what the thing is that I kind of just AFK on it because mm. there's like a, an event and I don't really play much of it. I'll play it for like, sometimes I'll play it for like an hour, but I don't really play much of it. I, I have it on there, but I'm actually playing Rivals, man. Whenever I'm, I'm like, I'm oh, killing okay. Rivals, man. I'm having loads of fun playing Rivals with Aether, man. Like that thing is like fun. And I did play some, uh, play a little bit of Skullgirls, like 25 minutes of it. And then I was like, Ugh. and then I played some TFH and I was having fun with it because I realized that you can TK Ice uh, Velvet. I saw, uh, yeah, I saw you mention that. That's dope as hell. I was like, whoa, we got a little bit more like some, she has some pretty amazing zoning stuff because you got the snowflakes, mm-hmm. the the icicles, and then she could do like these like really far lows and stuff like that. So She's got the statue far. too. Uh, that's a, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good button. I'm mostly just playing rivals though, man. Like it's freaking mad fun. I'm at, I'm having a lot of I'm like, man, I wish Smash was like this, to be honest. With all of the dope stuff that Rivals has, I wish it I wish the Smash games had it. Cause then it could be seen more competitively. But you know, the creator is just like, nah, I'm not letting y'all have all that fun. I got a question before we get to the rollback listener questions of the week. I got a question about rivals. So I heard that the rivals community has kind of been uh I don't know what the word is. Not infiltrated, but they've gotten some new recruitments from the the furries, the furry community. Is that true? Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't really like. I I told you how much I hate Discord. So like, oh man, that actually you just made me want to go into another discussion about how much I hate Discord now with fight with games in general. So I don't know about that. Maybe they have. I don't. I I, I I'm not too sure. Because they got that dating sim, right? That the, the yeah, on mobile. Maybe a lot of weirdos from the lovers of aether but see i don't understand that though because they'd be like man rivals is nothing but furries but i'm like what you mean you got frogs and beetles up in there man (laughs) but it did do that weird lovers of aether simulating game uh, i mean dating simulation i don't know nothing about that that was weird i didn't really care about that but um yeah man and and, you know like you reminded me what i just don't like because like i don't really like i'm not part of any community like I wouldn't say I'm part of outside of Hollywood. I ain't really part of it. And like the little community I have with my Discord, I don't really consider I'm part of any fighting game community. Maybe the Karen one in Street Fighter Five at one point. I was really down with those guys. I know you're, you're not in TFH, which I don't blame you. Yeah, yeah, man. I don't. I don't really want to join any more Discords because I hate that. Like I hate joining a Discord just so I can get some tech. I don't want like 30 channels of like conversation. I just want tech. Like. And when I was playing um, Guilty Gear, I joined the main Guilty Gear Discord, and I didn't like it at all. Same. There's only like it's like they have all of these channels, and then they have a dedicated channel for tech and matchmaking. And it's like, what else would I want to go in there for? <laughs> like, what else do I want? I just want to talk about the game. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's tough to 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 do that to find yeah. like the right people and that weird amalgamation of just weebs, man, and furries, and who knows what else, degenerates. So- yeah, man, and like sex pictures, the NSFW tab, ugh, Blaze Blue's full of that crap, dude. Malty, so, like, go- Uni, all those, you know, I've joined them before. Like it's it sucks. The only reason why I joined TFH Discord is because I wanted to learn how to do stomp loops, and then I I flared with Arizona, and then I saw in the pins, I was like, oh, there's stomp loops, but I don't like that. Discord is all just shit posting. Like that's all they do. They just shit post the whole time. I'm not really into that. I just wanted to learn some tech, and I like I don't mind that. I just mute the entire channel. Or the entire server, rather. And then if I need something in the tech section, I go there. I don't talk to anybody. 
Yeah, and I feel that, man. That's basically been me with like the Skullgirls channel. But I don't like that because it still adds a whole nother server to my list of like ongoing growing lists for some weird reason of servers. Like it's like ugh. And like so, like, yo, shout out to Mythis because he 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 dropped the the videos for me for Velvet. Yeah, I saw that. I didn't want to go through all that. And I was like, I don't want to go through a Discord server just so I can go in there, take the tech, and leave, man. I don't want to do that, man. I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm in the rivals Discord and I'm like, why am I here? I'm not even getting any tech. I should just leave. You know what? Thinking about it now, I'm going to leave right now. I'm leaving it right live, now. I don't want to live exit from the rivals Discord. <laughs> I, from that. I don't want to be in more of these Discords where I just want like two or three or four friends at max that plays the game competitively if they mm. do. And all I got to do is pass information back and forth between them, and we can play some rounds. And that's all I want. Dude, sorry, the Discord servers, I would think that it makes everything so much easier, but it almost feels like a whole other level of gatekeeping I got to go through. Well, a lot of people, when they end up in one server, you know, let's take um, Melty Blood, for example. People end up there for different reasons. Like, if you take Melty Blood, there's people there for Tsukihime. Right, they love Tsukihime lore. They want to talk to other people who love Tsukihime lore. So you have those people, and then you have people that have heard of Melty Blood through whatever, like another Type Moon franchise, and they wanted to check it out. And they're green, and they were just like, "Let me see what this is all about." And then you have people that um, like whatever, watching Melty Blood, but they don't really play, so they end up there. And then there's people who really enjoy, you know, Melty Blood art, be it, you know, safe for work or not. And that's why they join. And then you also have the group of people that is actually looking to talk about the game itself and to play the game. So you really have to filter through so many groups and one, under one roof. And I'm sure that's the case for every single one of these games. Yeah, man. That it's it's kind of hard to really get uh, the type of matchmaking that you're looking for that's not just random online people. So you can get like, you know, the whole point of those servers is that like, I know I'm going to hopefully play this person for a prolonged set so I can get something out of it so I can learn, right? Like I don't want to play a two out of three and then, all right, you're gone because it doesn't do much for me. But, um, you know, it it happens. It's a hit or miss. I understand, especially for some of these smaller games, it's probably not easy. And I know Skullgirls, has always had fairly decent numbers on the rollback helps, but uh, I yeah I don't blame you for kind of getting you know burnt out on those experiences because I I personally don't like doing it either. And dude, I will say I even agree with what you're saying, but sometimes like I think I would appreciate that more if it was like that. But sometimes it just ain't, man. It ain't about the people that really care about it. Sometimes I feel like it's like, why did you even join the? Mm -hmm. The server, I don't understand. Like, and there's uh, so many of that, and sometimes too much damn people in one place. Damn weeds. <laughs> yeah, man. Damn weeds, man. All these goddamn people, man. Back in my day, we kept that in the, to ourselves. <laughs> people out here expose themselves way too goddamn hard, Yo, man. Boomer like, Hollywood, let's go. <laughs> oh, Yo, for real though, like it, it really does ruin my like, cause like I just don't like those servers, man. Cause like I. I really like I, I remember I was looking through the rivals and I just wanted to look up some some force burn stuff or something like that. So and like I I like I just searched the word force burn and I'm just like it's just people uh, oh man, it's just all a bunch of crap I don't care about. <laughs> hey man, I've been there before I joined the TFH Discord. I went on Google to find some tech. I did not find tech. <laughs> That's what sucks. Like you, you can't go through the that method of uh finding the tech. I found Velvet Tech on like a Steam guy, but I was like, how old is this guy? Because you have to ask that too, because 
TFH is in 2.0. Mm-hmm. So like, what if these don't work no more, man? Yeah, I feel you. I definitely feel you. Mm-hmm. Hey, speaking of myths, he uh, he has a question here on. Uh, we only have three questions this week for rollback listener questions of the week. And uh, myths on Discord. He asks, do you think it's possible for smaller game devs to have a breakout game that can establish a franchise in this current era of fighting games? Or do you think we will continue to see a pattern of people sticking with what they're familiar with? You would need uh, some sort of like crazy hook if you're a smaller game dev to be able to break out to the mainstream. When's the la- Is there a, a game that has done it? And like, Hell no. Not, not, not in normal fighting games. No. Normal games, sure. Like you had uh, Undertale. Oh yeah, Undertale. Yeah, you could even yeah, like those. Those there's some big, some there's some indie games that got pretty damn big because like they work normally as single player games. But I wouldn't say fighting games. That's for sure. Fighting games are like if they're if they're a small man, they just don't get nowhere. It feels like sometimes there's so many small little fighting games you never heard about or have heard about through the grapevine, and no one is even playing them because. The way they function is that they need popularity and huge numbers to kind of be enjoyed with. So if you can't find more than two people to play the thing, it's it's harder. And then as opposed to like something like, I don't know, like Undertale, that like didn't need much, needed like one or two people to play, YouTubers and all the popular people. But like, man, outside of Maximilian, who we got? No one, really. Sajam? Nah. Say Jam is a little too uh, hardcore. He doesn't really promote fighting games that way. He kind of promotes the the intricacies of fighting games. Yeah, so all we have is Maximilian, really, and that's not really helpful. For the casual market, like, yeah. Yeah, because he kind of, like, he'll play. It's good, like, in a way where he'll play something and show, you know, what's it about. But, like, he'll do it for, like, I don't know, one video, and that's it. It's like it's over. Yeah. <laughs> it's tough. It's a really tough space to make a name for yourself. Like... Right now, you look at the games that most people flock to, you know, Street Fighter, Tekken. Those those are the two that you can always count on. And then recently, it's been mm-hmm. Dragon Ball. But that's not because of the game. That's because of the name, right? That's because of the IP. Dragon Ball, it could have been like Xenoverse level of gameplay. Yeah. And uh, it would have worked still. Yeah. So that's kind of a bit of an outlier. The next one is probably going to be Project L, right? So if you're a smaller game, I don't know. Pocket bravery. Remember we talked about that last week. Like, and what the hell? Is that? See, I don't know. God damn! Oh yeah, that pocket bravery looked cool, but no one's playing it. No one's talking. Well, about it's not it. out yet, but it it looks clean. Like it looks like a clean ass game. But come on, like how, where are you, where do you even start to try to make a name for yourself in this industry where these giant fighting games are the ones that everybody cares about? And mm-hmm. even like this, the B tier fighting games, Undernight and Birth, Blaze Blue, you know, you have now Guilty Gear with Strive. They're starting to make their climb to being A tier. But even the B tier fighting games who have been here for a while, you know, it's tough. Look at Ponies. Like, Ponies is a great game, but like, nobody cares if you're great. Like, I want to see, you know, Scorpion shank somebody and rip their nuts off. And that's, you know, that's what I want to see. Like, uh, <laughs> seriously. So. I don't see it changing anytime soon. Unfortunately, as it is, I, it's going to stay the same. It sucks, though. It really does. I know. I think we talked about this like two Discord, uh, two, uh, Discord, two podcasts ago or podcasts ago. But it's just that our whole legacy thing where it's just so hard for a game that is small to be relatively. Because like, think about it. If ponies would be able to have more budget, 
probably could have more characters, more stages, more music, and it could really help it in the long run. But right now, there's only seven characters in that ponies game, bro. Like, yeah. like seven, and I and they just got a new character, and it's so tough for those type of. I mean, look, even Skullgirls have just got a new character, and it's been around for like eight years or something like that. So it's it's so tough for these guys to get any kind of love when they get all they get smoked by like street fire look at guilty gear it's guilty gear is going on it's like 25th year and just now it's starting to creep into like being a tier yeah man and it, and it has definitely been fighting for that spot i'd say yeah. because it's like just all of the at rev 2 was a big battle you know what i'm saying that was a big ass battle dude like they were definitely fighting from the dirt over there from the trenches to get somewhere and it, it and I swear because of COVID, it really helped strive out, man. Because <laughs> like, yeah. he got no fighting games. I want to use Guilty Gear and the netcode, the netcode, especially because of the fact that there's like nothing. Grand Blue, Grand Blue, which kind of came out of nowhere, it still had the, the fact that it's Grand Blue and it's a gotcha game. So it didn't even matter if the game wasn't good netcode wise, it could have been probably bad gameplay and it would have still sold. Just because of the name and the what do you mean it could have been know, bad gameplay? <laughs> yeah, you're right. It is pretty bad. <laughs> As opposed to what? <laughs> nah, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> you're right. You're right. We got to throw some as well. But yeah, man. I mean, Grand Blue like still managed to make it, and like it, it was. It doesn't even come from a fighting game background. So like, kind of sucks, man. Like there really isn't. Like probably is really hard to make a fighting game because these small guys keep coming around, and they're like, man, I can't like. I, you know, it's just not working out for me, man. It's a really tough space to make a name for yourself. Mm-hmm. Oh, whales. All right. Number two here comes from In My Pants on Discord asks, uh, is Killer Instinct ever going to make a comeback? It has everything I need in a fighter, but whenever I show for the game, mainstream FGC doesn't even know what I'm talking about. It just faded into obscurity. So, uh, first of all, KI has a community-led professional yeah professional circuit going on right now i don't know if the developers are really in on it uh i know microsoft certainly isn't in on it but the community is so at least they got the community supporting it with a with a pro tour sort of community tour and so that's neat um the game is old it's tethered to an older console right so ki came out in 2014 so that's you know seven years it's a long time Microsoft, I actually just listened to a segment on uh, a gaming podcast and they were talking about how they actually brought up the idea for uh, returning IPs and new IPs to the, they had like a Microsoft uh, developer meeting, like in like first party studio type of thing. Um, It was all remote, obviously, but they, they were talking about that. And I forget one of the people who was either close by or was listening. He was saying that like they were bringing up uh, something like Killer Instinct to Iron Galaxy. And they were saying, uh, is that this a possibility that maybe it could come back? And they said, well, we would love it, but we don't make those choices. If Basically, he said, the, the person that works for Iron Galaxy, he said, if we were tasks, tasked with, with making, we're working on a new Killer Instinct, we would absolutely love the opportunity to do so. But right now we haven't been asked. It doesn't seem Microsoft is, has any interest in pursuing another Killer Instinct and as far as the being faded into obscurity, it's just what happens when games get that old. I mean, getting to seventh year and still doing ver- really well is such an anomaly. I The only example that I can really think of that has done so in the past is maybe Street Fighter 4, but that's Street Fighter. Mm-hmm. 
And that went through yeah, so man. many iterations they, too. They, Street Fighter, like they're cheaters. They get to <laughs> they cheaters, man. <laughs> we, they just they just get to get whatever the hell they want, man. Yeah, it's just because it's, it's Street Fighter, man. Mm-hmm. All right, the final question of the week comes from the Monarch on Discord, and he asks. What would it take for a game like Serial Killers to do well besides including rollback? We spoke about Serial Killers super early on this show, back in 2020. It's still on Indiegogo or Kickstarter, I forget which one. It's not close to being done. And they're using serial uh, or sort of serial mascots as their fighting game roster. It's a 2D game planned for PC. I don't know about the details as far as rollback and all that. Um, what would it take? I mean, this is similar to the first question. What would it take for some of these mm-hmm. indie games to do well? I mean, you would have to have some sort of a hook, but I just don't. Outside of like, okay, well, and like what type of, like what's well? Like, do you want to sell a certain amount of copies well, or do you want to have the community cherish you as like a, a really good, like cult, like instant hit? Is that well? Like, it depends what your parameters for well is. Like if it's sales, I don't know. Very hard. But if it's like a game that people adore in smaller circles, that's that's you know something that could be done. I mean, look at all those games on Fightcade. You know, there's a bunch of people that still love those games and they play them. And if that's your definition of success, then yeah, those games are successful. But if your definition of success is you know selling well, ah, it's hard. Mm-hmm. It's tough. Yeah, it really is your what you think is your definition of success in this regards because like. I mean, like, I'm, I'll be real, man. Serial Killers, it'll probably be a good game, man, depending on, like, the creator. It seems like he, he got love in his heart, so he's going to make a fun game. But is it going to make it past a certain point? Probably not, man. It's just it's just a sea of just death, you know what I mean? Like, it's mm. just we're just swimming in a sea of death all over the place. Yeah. And every time something new comes out, it just falls right into the sea. If, it, if it's not big enough to stand outside of the damn puddle or whatever, because it, it it sucks, man. Like, it, it really does suck. I don't... It would take so much for a game. Like, we're talking, like, so for something like Serial Killers to do well, I got to see that joint when I'm going buying cereal. Mm-hmm. Like, I got to see his ass right next to the Lucky Charms, dude. And there's got to be a code in the box that lets me get the game for free. Or some sort of weird marketing scheme or something like that. Because, like... I think a big part of it too with a lot of these games is the marketing behind it. You gotta have some you gotta have a lot of money for marketing, man. Like a whole lot I of I wonder how they'll get a, around that though, because they don't own like the Lucky Charms guy or Tony the Tiger, uh, but they're using their, mm-hmm. their likeness. They're not the exact characters, but you know who they're modeling them after. I wonder I mean, yeah. couldn't that be like a lawsuit? <laughs> like maybe too. That that could be pretty hard for the uh, the creator to kind of battle with, but sometimes maybe it might be so small it wouldn't matter. There's been situations where the company is that grimy and they will cook anybody that's small. Look like at TFH. Nintendo. TFH yeah. started as my little pony and they were like, oh no, no, God. no. Right, man. I, I always forget about TFH, and yeah, man, they struggle to just be to just exist, yeah. let alone be successful. Success, success for TFH was existence, <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, like, and that's a game that I personally consider like a success. Like, it's out there to the in the wild. It has rollback netcode. It's really, really fun. It's really, really good. I think that's a success. But is it selling well? No. Does it have a lot of people playing it? Not particularly. But I, I mean, I, I adore it, but it doesn't mean that that's like, you know, 
a success if you're looking at the numbers because anybody could look at the numbers like you know look at this podcast like we don't get like huge numbers on this podcast but i mm-hmm. i think every episode is a success because i think we're doing something that a lot of other people aren't doing in this community so i was like hey this is pretty cool but if you look at if, if you just look at the face value and be like oh i only got like 100 views ah, it sucks you know okay if that's how you want to measure it but if you want to measure like by the engagement that we have with our community or you know the the topics that we cover here you know that could be measured differently that could be a different form of success yeah man that's very true you know it really depends on what you see success as i mean i i think i'm successful in life sure i don't got a lot of money but i'm alive (laughs) (laughs) i got a roof over my head and i got food in my my kit in my fridge so i'm doing pretty good (laughs) sandbags Oh, right. Yeah, man. I know I missed the gym so bad, though. (laughs) But I can see that, like, it really just depends. Because, like, if we, I think that, like, I think any small creator with fighting games in mind is probably just hoping that they can get at least more than one person to kind of play their game and maybe have a desk video of it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because that means that someone decided to break it and spend that much time on it. That might be more than enough. Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, you know, different uh different measuring for those type of things so it depends on what the goal for serial killers is if they just want to make a passion project and when they're done with it like listen man i'll be done with state of the fgc this month i don't care if it gets one view the moment i am done with that thing i consider it a success because i did something front to back and that was the goal if it gets 10 views online that's good enough <laughs> it's gonna be you watching it 10 times <laughs> yeah, i know <laughs> that'd be funny as hell man it also makes me think of like the the numbers of youtube and like you know how some people get so stuck on oh man you gotta you gotta make a hundred thousand subscribers you gotta have a million subscribers man and, you know it's just it's you know it's not how you gotta look at you just gotta enjoy what you'll get you know yeah it's uh i think it's a part of the environment now like a lot of people you look oh, at some yeah, of these man. um like social media is so it's so dictated by numbers yeah. you go on twitter you put out a tweet it gets four likes you're like oh that must have been a bad tweet right it could have mm-hmm. been a great tweet just people didn't hit the button right same thing with videos yeah. and i've seen videos that had really low views before and i'm like that that shit was godlike but like nobody has realized it and i've seen complete garbage videos that i was like that was atrocious and it has <laughs> half a million views you know it's just, uh, it's tough. It's tough to really discern what is actually good based on numbers. Mm-hmm. It's deceiving. Right. Like, uh, what's that quote? Is um, I forgot what that quote is. Is there's a quote that goes the most fraudulent? Oh, I gotta look this up. Hold on, sorry, I gotta look this up. I'll, I'll <laughs> well, edit this part. I'll, 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 I can, I can keep talking though. So I got you. So because you reminded me of like, it's also like video games and like the indie space of like how popularity is such a you know, big thing to some of these guys, but the almost at this point, man, I think I have played more games that are probably made from much smaller studios and enjoyed it just as much, even if not more. I think the only games I could say that are made from big ass studios that I really love is like the Square Enix titles, but because they, you know, they're just that good. But I mean, I think of CrossCode, which was made from a very small team of like 10, 15 people, and they made their Indiegogo and they, they just now dropped the last dlc which i need to play that game was like magic to me man <laughs> i was like yo this is lightning in a bottle except the lightning never stops <laughs> yeah that's cool it, I, I like those stories where um you get the, those indie devs that like 
start a passion project and eventually it becomes mm-hmm. um, like a community passion project because people support it. Uh, you know that game Oxenfree? Um, uh, I don't know about that one, actually. That's a, that's a cool little game that started as a passion project. Anyway, I, but before we get to that, I, I found the quote. The quote uh-huh. is, uh, there are three types of lies. Lies, damn lies, and statistics. So <laughs> when we're talking about views and likes and shares and all that stuff, like, you know, that's that's nice and all, but they don't tell the whole story. So there's a lot of substance that don't have to do with uh, with numbers. And that's why I don't put a lot of stock into how many followers do you have on Twitter? How many, you know, likes do you get on Instagram? Like, who cares? What are your thoughts? Like, what do you like? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what What are you about? I don't care about mm-hmm. your numbers. Yeah, statistics and numbers, and we just equate that to popularity, but that's not so much the case. Uh, when the guy that made Undertale made most of it with a little bit of help, he, when I, I first bought, I played the game, I didn't know anything about it, and it was very, nobody really knew much about it. I played it, and then it just blew up like a couple months later. And I mean, that, that gave way for him to basically probably live a better life and all that type of stuff. But nobody knew about it. You know what I'm saying? It was a very mm-hmm. small thing. And the guy just made it because he liked Earthbound and all these other games. So that was perfect, man. You know what's funny? I haven't played it outside of beating the normal route that I played it in. <laughs> I play I played all three. I love them. Like uh, Oh yeah. Yeah. I spent six hours or no, more than six hours. I spent like probably close to eight hours on that game playing all three routes. Yeah. I think uh, it's like yeah, a I think it's a masterpiece. Game. Yeah, yes. it's like a three hour game. That's too ugly to do that. Don't say that, Mac. It's too ugly. <laughs> I, I I don't care about graphics. The writing alone, the writing alone, in my opinion, is is so good in that game. Oh, it's a fun game, man. But it, it's too ugly for me to say masterpiece. Like I, I feel like they could. I feel like I don't get what it is though. But like Delta Ruin was a like for me. I like Delta Ruin more, and it looked better for me personally. I don't know, I, th- I thought Undertale had like this endearing art style to it. Like the doggos. Come on, how do you not like doggos? Oh man, no, that game was ugly looking. But the matches oh, when you fight battles, it's great. It looks a lot better. I understand why that looks. Yeah, the soundtrack is godlike, man. I love the soundtrack. Uh, hey, Toby but, Fox worked on uh, a little bit. Not he's not really super credited, but he worked a little bit on uh, Omori. Oh, did he? Yeah, that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. He helped uh, Omocat with Omori. Okay, yeah, that's pretty good. From and one masterpiece, like... Pringle, to the next. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Indie games, too, man. They they definitely they have the heart and soul, man, sometimes, man. You can't mm-hmm. get that with big guys. Nope. Anyway, that's pretty much it for FCC Hollywood episode 30, a special episode, 30 weeks of recording. I can't believe it's been 30 weeks, but working on State of the, the FGC, I can believe it's 30 weeks. <laughs> it's a lot. A lot state to... of max mine right now. <laughs> oh, man. It's fried. It's completely fried. But, uh, yeah, everybody, I appreciate you all for listening. Appreciate you all uh, being around for 30 weeks, even if you haven't, if you're a newcomer. It's all good. You're still Hollywood. So we'll see you all next week. Peace. Peace, y'all. Take care.